0: said, amen, you never see.
1: all right so um no physical prop today but uh but i do have um a picture to show you um and it came from reading um a passage in the bible sometimes you read something in the bible and you get an image right and and it's not an image that any other normal person would get but you just get it right okay so so here was the deal so we were reading this in our devotion Okay, and I started thinking about a TV show that, I know some of you are shocked, but um, a TV show that Ian and Miss Angie and I watch together, okay, when it's on. It's uh, one of the few reality shows that we watch. It's called American Ninja Warrior. Have you watched it? All right, you like the show? Okay, some of you are nodding and laughing. Good, you're with me. All right, so American Ninja Warriors, all these athletes that have to do all this crazy, like climbing and swinging and all this stuff, and there's a particular type of obstacle that they have to do sometimes, and it's called a balance obstacle. It looks something like this, okay? So this is one of them that's hanging by, so they gotta run across like what, four or five of those things, and make it to the other side without falling in the water. Because if they fall in the water, they're out, okay? And they have different kind of balance obstacles. They have some that look like, you know, just platforms that are floating and all these weird things. But here's what I've noticed over watching a lot of American Ninja Warrior. The best ninjas stop before the balance obstacle and you see them doing something like this. What do you think they're doing? They're figuring, they're, they're figuring out how they're gonna go, right? Like which foot they're gonna start on and, and you know, how they're gonna pace themselves, right? And, and the passage that, that brought this to mind to me is in the book of Proverbs, okay? And in Proverbs 16, nine, it says this, "'The heart of man plans his ways, "'but the Lord establishes his steps.'" And, and, and what the author meant there is this, we can plan all we want, okay? But if we really want to succeed, we need to follow the steps that God has for us, okay? If you want to make it across the balanced obstacle of life, then what you want to do is pay attention to the steps that God has laid out for you. Can you remember that for me? That's your lesson for today. That's all I got. So you can go to class if you're going to class. There are donuts. Um, I just want to be on record as saying there are donuts because I pinky swore with Sam Lambert last week that I would have donuts this week, and then he's not here. So I want it on record so he knows I'm a man of my pinky swear. So um, there we go. All right. So good morning to everyone officially. For those of you that are watching online as well, I know we have some people on the road. People are are doing some um, some traveling uh, Bonnie and Ivan are traveling back from Michigan and uh, we have some people that are out sick. I got a couple texts this morning so just be praying for health for our families um, Thank you for those of you that are here and those of you that are watching online um, our Kentucky contingent and our Florida contingent um, hello to all of you as well so um, have you ever heard that sentiment um, This idea, if you want to be successful, hang out with successful people. Have you heard that one, right? If you want to be wealthy, hang out with wealthy people. If you want to be smart, hang out with smart people. Okay. So this is something that someone told me years ago. And so I started, of course, as I was getting ready to prepare this series, I I wanted to remember who was the originator of that idea, so I went to my old friend Google and started looking and here's what you will find and don't do it now but you can try it later okay just start typing and asking Google to show you who who came up with this idea and that a quote or something similar will be attributed to everyone I mean Oprah I mean everyone okay and I know it's far older than that but apparently it's fairly sound wisdom because it's been around for a very long time. And as we just finished our series in James and we were talking about the early church and James being the pastor there and and his passion for his people and, and the persecution they were dealing with and all this, um, I was just asking myself, you know, as as we've got so many um, new irons in the fire, we've got things going on here at Hope, it's exciting, we've got some ministries that are starting, we've got things going on, and. I asked myself, well, how can we be successful determined, you know, defined by how well we love others, how well we're called to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus? How do we do that? How do we model that? And it's by looking at examples of other churches that have been successful doing that. And there's no greater church than the church in Acts. The book of Acts is the, the, the first church, the founding church of Jesus Christ and and the the things that these men and women did um, in their pursuit of spreading the gospel as Jesus called them to do. And so today we're going to begin a four-week series and that series is entitled Devoted. Okay, throughout this series we're going to look into the lives and the routines of of the early church as seen in the book of Acts. And as you may know, the early church, they understood something about gathering together that that churches and communities of faith have been modeling for hundreds of years. And I would argue that the, the secret to their success came down to one thing, devotion. What were they devoted to? So let me pray for us as we get started today. Lord help me and help us to see where we are devoted in our lives to things other than our faith bring us back to you give us a hunger for biblical teaching that is after nothing short than the fullness of Christ we pray this in Jesus name Amen the, the word devotion actually means this to consistently show strength which prevails in spite of difficulties to endure to persist to stay in a fixed direction to be steadfast to be loyal the early church was unwavering unwaveringly devoted in their commitment to gathering together and in the book of Acts, if you have your Bibles handy, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, we're going to be in verse 42, and that's going to be our focus over these next four weeks. This is the, the foundational point that we're going to be looking at. But in Acts 2.42, it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. in this passage we learn how the earliest church succeeded in spreading the gospel of Jesus how they grew how they enriched each other everything that happened the secret sauce the 11 herbs and spices of the of the early church what what happened right and it's all right here in this one verse it's the teaching the fellowship the breaking of bread, and prayer. In fact, these four specific elements continue to be key pieces of church services to this very day. As a quick note of comparison, I want you to think about something that you, as an individual, are absolutely committed to doing every day in your life something that has become such a deeply ingrained habit that it's simply become a part of who you are that may be difficult at first to think about or it may be very simple even oh yeah i know see for for me for for my wife and i um we have um a routine called table time and and table time is when we get up in the morning we have our coffee we have our breakfast and we have our devotional together every morning like clockwork every morning and it's become a habit but it took a while for that habit to become ingrained into us and and recently um, Angie's been struggling with uh, she got a like a sinus infection so she got laryngitis okay so her voice sounded like that. right I mean like farm animals were coming to the back door when she would raise her voice and and, uh, um, and, and so it was funny to actually like hey hun could you read uh, read this passage for me, you know? <laughs> and she'd squeak it out. And she's gonna hear this later and be upset with me for bringing it up. But, but we still did it. We still stuck to it. Because we're devoted to doing that. We're devoted to starting our day. It's similar to like a few weeks ago when I was talking about, we, we each need to start that habit of when you open your eyes in the morning, the first thing you should do is just say a quick prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to do your will today. So simple. And I started doing that. And wow, what a change in mindset. What a change in mindset when I'm stuck in traffic. What a change in mindset when I'm you know, at uh, work doing something tedious, or when I'm at home cutting the grass, or when I'm you know, whatever it is. What a change in mindset to start the day that way. Even when um, Angie and I travel, we take our devotion, we take our table time with us. So what we came up with was rather than taking the devotional book, um, I will take pictures on my phone of every day's devotion. And then it's all right there. And then, you know, we we just go digital for a while, you know. So we pull it up, we do the devotion together, we read scripture, you know, from our phone because we all have the Bible app on our phone, all that sort of thing. And then we just delete that day's devotion and we move on. But on the days, on the rare days that we don't do it, one of us or both of us will say, man, I really missed that this morning. Something just didn't feel right. You see, the things that we are devoted to are going to define who we are. And and a church that, that formed just after the death and the resurrection of Christ was absolutely devoted to their faith. In fact, their faith has defined them for centuries. We constantly look to their example for inspiration and instruction. As mentioned, Acts 2.42 highlights several things that the church was specifically devoted to doing whenever they gathered together. These, these four things, right? Here we are. Teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, which is communion, and prayer. And, and each week through this series, we're going to take one of these bullet points and we're going to go a little bit deeper into it. Okay? We're going to, to look at one specific area of devotion that the Acts church was committed to so today we will begin our exploration with teaching the specific gift of teaching is found throughout the New Testament at the beginning of Jesus's ministry we learned from the Gospel of Matthew that he went through all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. All amazing things. But I think sometimes we we focus on the the supernatural, right? The healing. And we, we shortchange the first thing mentioned, the teaching. Jesus taught. Teaching was a key component to his ministry. Later in the, in the book of Ephesians, Paul actually includes teachers as gifts given by God for the equipping of the church. He says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Teachers help us lead us to unity, to maturity, and to fullness of faith. Our, Our goal through teaching and training is nothing short of the fullness of Christ. That's our goal. How many of you enjoy learning? I love it, man. I'll tell you what. I, I Just a couple of days ago, started learning how to, how to customize firmware for one of my 3D printers, and I'm immediately overwhelmed, and now I'm like, I've got like eight YouTube videos open at one time, right? And I'm, I'm like back and forth trying to, you know, learn a new skill set, which I'll never use for anything, but, you know, I will learn it. But I do love learning, and, and the reward of, of good teaching is learning and learning the scriptures together with other believers was something the early church was absolutely devoted to absolutely learning takes time it can be difficult learning requires your effort your engagement your attention but the reward Reward, however, it's deeper understanding and knowledge. And I'm not sure I know any follower of Christ who would say that ah eh, they don't really want a deeper understanding of Scripture, their faith, and and you know, ultimately God. Nah. Never met anyone that said that. Again, what we're after is nothing short of the fullness of Christ. So, when I say a deeper understanding, I don't want to shortchange the teaching that that happens here on Sunday morning, of course. I do the best I can with the time that I have, but our time together is also dedicated to our time of worship, which is extremely important, and our time of fellowship with each other, which is also extremely important. And this environment is not an environment that's designed for interactive learning. I don't open the floor for questions because I'm afraid you're going to ask me something I don't know. <laughs> right? But really what it is, is it's just not the environment for it. But that's, that's where we get into, I think, if you want to get into a more intimate learning environment, you have to go smaller okay and 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 I I think it's smaller in size and in an environment where you can be interactive with each other where you can talk and have a conversation and go back and forth and learn from each other even though one person may be the teacher that's that's when deep learning happens and we all learn differently you know some of us can see something And we got it some of us can hear something and we've got it i'm i'm a tactile learner okay i I gotta do something a couple of times and then i've got it okay but um in order to really really go deeper it requires an intimacy and so basically what i'm what i'm describing is small groups, and it's not a commercial for small groups, I, I just, I am, I'm describing small groups, some churches call them life groups, some churches call them community groups, okay, currently, we have a good problem, here at Hope Community Church, we have a good problem, we have more people than we have groups, okay, we have people who aren't in groups yet, yet, because we need groups. We need one or two more groups we need uh, people who are interested in being part of a group or leading a group or hosting a group because groups are where you're going to build the real long-term relationships with each other the i'm in your business you're in my business you know everything that's going on those kind of things and i think that you know it's important that everyone consider that, and if you're interested in being involved in a group, then, or you're you're interested in leading one or hosting one, okay, I, I want you to, to come and see me after church or come talk to me. I'd be happy to to help you kind of navigate that and figure it out. I've been speaking with a few people about getting one started. So uh, getting another one started, we do have one that is starting to break the bounds of small group, um, but um, but we're we're loving every minute of it. As a point of reference to everything that I'm talking about, as far as teaching and and interacting, okay, I want you. Jesus said very plainly in the Great Commission, as a point of reference, okay, to how important teaching is. We all know the Great Commission. Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Okay, the folks who are on fire for missions, they love that part of it, right? I do too. Go therefore, keep going, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Huh? teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the day. Teaching is a part of that, a big part of it. And so we teach all of what Christ taught, the, the fullness of of his training and our goal at the end of the day are disciples disciples who are equipped to move on and teach others the fullness of the gospel it's like that this is dating myself this is way back like in the maybe late 70s early 80s there was this shampoo commercial of all things why I would remember this right but here we go okay it was about this great shampoo and then she told two friends and they told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on some of you may remember some of you may not and the screen started with this picture of this one woman with this you know the bouncy hair and all of a sudden there were two right identical and then there were four identical and then there were eight and it just kept doubling and doubling and doubling i was talking about spreading the news of this amazing shampoo right it's like that with the gospel We teach others so they can tell two friends and they can tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. I think Paul says it best in his second letter to this young pastor that he was mentoring, Timothy. He said, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, I, I feel I should just kind of pump the break here for just a second because sometimes this verse gets literally translated, okay? And I, I want to say this, okay? Um, I teach from the ESV, and in the ESV, it says, to faithful men, right? And and many other Bible translations actually have changed that to People, okay, and Paul was writing, obviously, in Greek. He wasn't writing in English. And, and the word that Paul used was the word anthropoi. I'm not going to spell it for you. Well, I will. I'll spell it for you later. But um, anthropoi, and it can be translated as man or as woman or both, depending on the context. So please don't get hung up on the word men. Ladies, that's not an out for you. I'm not teaching, Paul told Timothy was men that's on you, right? No, because teaching comes in so many different environments, so many different opportunities. We are all called to teach and spread the gospel, all of us. No one gets a free pass. And if we don't pass along our faith through reliable and sound teaching, then it'll only be a few generations before the faith expires. It's a sober thought, but it's a reality. If you you aren't willing to teach, to train, to to share the fullness of our faith. There was uh, a few years ago, I was having a discussion with um, a guy that that I knew who is a master plumber. Okay, and... uh, and I was asking him how business was, and said business was crazy because he didn't have anybody trained, anybody that was interested in being trained at that point. And he said, until I can train up someone to, to come along and, and learn this trade and do this work and, and all this, it, after a while, we're not going to have any plumbers. We're not going to have any electricians. We're not going to have any, you know, whatever it is. And, and it's, a, it's a real struggle. Um, in the West you know for, for these very very important and fundamental trades but how many more important that we're losing the opportunity to teach train people in the goodness and fullness of Jesus Christ if we don't pass along our faith and we don't do it through reliable teaching It's going to die. Now the good news is you don't have to be an ordained pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to. You just have to be willing. That's all. I mean, think for a moment about the people that God has put in your lives. The people that are around you every day. Who has God brought into your sphere of influence? Where do you work? where do you hang out where do you buy your coffee who can you share Christ with this coming week and you know, when I, when I write words like this and I write words like this often I always feel like I need to you know put like a little editorial note off to the side that more often than not you are spreading the love of Jesus through your actions As much or more than you are through your words they can they can temper your words in the workplace but they can't temper your ability to love they can't temper mercy they can't temper grace they can't temper patience and the other fruits of the Spirit they can't do that they may tell you you can't talk about Jesus in here but they can't tell you you can't show Jesus and people notice, people ask. How do you keep your cool? What's this all about? Hey, hey, I, I heard that that, you know, you're a Christian. Can we talk about that offline? Yeah, sure, you know? Every word of the Bible we're told is God breathed. It's God ordained. And it all matters all of it so if you aren't sure where to start with your learning or you aren't sure if you can actually teach others the profound truths of the Bible then let me say again that the fullness of Christ it's, it's well equipped for the fullness of life later in in 2nd Timothy or excuse me later yeah in 2nd Timothy Paul says this all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness all scripture It's, it's good to remember that all scripture is useful one proverb an American Ninja Warrior and boom all of a sudden I got a message for the kids it's all useful if you you know if you want to learn more then here's what I suggest to you okay there, there, are, there are great reading plans online um, if, you, if you're looking at the potential of a small group then do a group Bible study those are fun they really are buy um, a daily devotional Okay, that, that's an, an easy thing where you can get into the routine of, of, you know, every morning, pour your coffee, sit down, open up that day's devotion, read it, and just ask God to show you what, what he's got for you in there. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that every day the sky's going to open up and you're, everything's going to look, oh, wow, you know, but you'll be amazed at the change like all great change it happens gradual but you'll be amazed you'll you'll think back you know you know I never used to think like this I never used to have this much patience I never used to you know smile and make conversation with the people in the elevator or at work or you know whatever but but something is changing and it comes through that teaching through that learning okay um, um, so you can you can do the devotional by yourself you know that that's a sort of an at-your-own-pace thing if if you want to become better at sharing your faith better at uh, like teaching others then just take a small step start with the Gospels remember the advice I was given start with Mark it's the shortest gospel but but either way right just start with the Gospels learn the good news of Christ and and here's the the thing I don't want you to skip We never stop learning the good news of Christ for ourselves. You know? We need that reminder of the the good news of Jesus for us. Because we're going to walk it out. We're going to live it out. and, and, And we show that. But above all, be patient. Have grace and have mercy for yourself and for others through this process. I want you to to just think for a moment, if I ask you this question, think of your, one of your favorite teachers that you've ever had. I bet it doesn't take long for one to come to mind. I've, I've had a few. I had this uh, American history professor in my first year in college. He was an African-American gentleman, very tall, always wore a three-piece suit. You'd come in this was a junior college I mean I, you didn't even have to wear shoes it was in Florida but you know the guy came in in a suit and he had this this loud booming voice right he referred to himself as the tall tan terrific one right and and uh, uh, he he was larger than life and his passion for what he was teaching could be felt in that room Right? I mean, because you walk in, you're thinking, American history. You may not be a history buff. I am, but you may not be, right? But, but it was infectious. Everyone in the room, all of a sudden, they were you know, they were in, right? We were having conversations. He had this tendency where he would ask a question, or he would just walk around the room, and he'd come over, and he'd sit on your desk. So he's right there in front of you. And he'd say, so what do you think the author meant when he said blah, blah, blah? So you had to have your reading. You had to be on game, okay? I wasn't sure what it was that was going to make names and dates so exciting. But it was this guy. I wanted to know more. I ended up taking two classes from him. Because I was so enraptured, not just by the, the content, but by the character of this man who was so passionate about the things that he knew and what he wanted to teach and what he passed on not just facts and you know I learned to see those those names and those dates in history books as real people and real moments in time you know we've all had great teachers at some point in our lives As as believers, it's important to remember that we have the greatest example of a teacher anyone could ever ask for in Jesus. He is fully capable, fully loving, and he alone is able to fully redeem even the worst of sinners. You, You read through the Gospels the accounts of Jesus as a teacher who used hyperbole, right? he used humor, he, he spoke to people on their level about the things that they would understand. He told stories. He taught in stories so that people would, would get it when the time was right. He was an amazing teacher. And also fully caring, fully loving, fully passionate. He, he was there for everyone. So when, when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling incapable or ill-equipped, I want you just to sort of stop for a moment and remember that you are able because the greatest teacher ever lived is in you, the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. May we be fully devoted to the one who is fully capable in each and every situation. And when we're feeling weak, let us remember that His grace is sufficient for every situation, every circumstance of life. The earliest church was absolutely devoted to their faith. So as we we ramp up today and as we continue this series over the next three more weeks, I think it's important that it's worth asking this question, what are you devoted to? When, when you think of the word devotion, you know, fellas, it's your wives. I mean, you, you got to go there, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. All right, but, but still, you know, what, 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 what are you devoted to? Your family, you know, your, your job, your friends. And these are, these are good things, but they're earthly things. They, they're secondary to what our devotion should be first and foremost on, where are you putting your energy every day? What things capture your attention and capture your affection? If you ask these questions and you find yourself thinking about all kinds of things other than your faith, then it may be a good time to reset your priorities. There's no shame, there's no condemnation, we're all human, we're all, you know, we, we all go off into the weeds every now and then, right? It's just a, a willingness to acknowledge your focus has drifted from faith and it's set on other things, right? If, if, you, if you're like me, if you got a touch of that ADD, then man, you're, it's going to happen, okay? You, you, you just have to, to make it a priority, you have to force yourself, and if that's true for you, and, and you need to turn from those other things, then please remember that God is ready and willing to receive you back. You know, one of the most powerful teachings in the New Testament is the, um, the story of the prodigal son. You know, the, this, this guy, this young man who strays from home, he leaves, he, and eventually returns, and, and my favorite moment favorite moment because I've been there is when he's rehearsing the apology and he's walking that long trek back to his father and he's just rehearsing it over and over. I can just imagine him, you know, dad, I goofed up, you know, I sinned against you. I I have no right to be called your son. I have none of that, you know, all of that over and over I gotta get the words right I gotta get the words right he's never gonna trust me he's never gonna believe me he's never gonna love me he's never gonna none of that again ever again and yet off in the distance the father sees him hikes up them robes and starts running toward his son running Jewish men don't run not in the first century okay that was not a good look for that guy but he did he ran to his son, and he grabbed him up before he even had a chance. He's like, you know, okay, um, I've been rehearsing this. Dad, all of a sudden, he's, he's in this embrace. And the father's like, shh, shh, don't say anything. Don't say anything else, all right? Get a robe for him. Get shoes for his feet. Get a ring on his hand. Get, you know, my son that was lost has been found. What a beautiful picture of the God who loves us of the God who pursues us over and over again you feel like your devotion has been turned he's waiting and he's already got the robe hiked he's ready and he's gonna run as soon as you turn with the intention of coming back so step out in faith this week refocus your attention and your affection back to Jesus And find some good biblical teaching to read, to listen to along the way. It will strengthen and it will encourage your journey. After all, what we're all after is nothing short of the fullness of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let me invite the worship team to come up. Lord, thank you for the teachers who have impacted our lives. As I was speaking just now, I was having cloudy and vague memories of Sunday school teachers when I was this big, and um, youth group leaders, and um, adult Sunday school teachers, and pastors, and uh, so many people that were passionate about sharing the gospel. Lord, we pray for passion, passion in this body that we know the real work happens the minute we walk out that door. So Lord, would you give us a passion to share you with everyone that we get the opportunity to meet. Help us to share you in our actions. Help us to share you in our words. We pray all this in Jesus' name
0: amen
1: if you're contemplating this week what's that look like to begin to learn to begin to teach and taking that first step. And you may be one of those people that um, your first instinct is fear. I want you to remember the truth of that. That his name silences fear. That's right. right. He makes the darkness tremble. There is power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. That's the truth of that. Um, rather than pray out, I'd like to ask the worship team to do the chorus one more time, if that would be alright. So we're going to have them close us out today. So God bless you and have a great week.
0: Bless you.